space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, just about, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And uh, just yeah, about quite, is... Quite with each other, yeah, isolated, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're not quite on lockdown yet in the UK, but I don't think it's going to be long. Yeah, we're heading that way. But um, So we've managed to get the Skype working, and... Nearly had to bring in an emergency co-host hologram, but we managed to uh, get it get over our yeah. technical gremlins. So we're uh, we're doing okay. We should be able to see Picard out at least. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're not going to have a problem. No, we could even go to like twice a week if we get put on lockdown. We can start bashing well, episodes out. Well, I'm quite happy to do that if we if we sat at home doing nothing. Yeah. Can, uh... Once we get Picard we can done... We normal show running of Picard and when Discovery starts, which we think is off to be April. Yeah. And then we, about, we can so. start start going to the, the classic episodes again with all this time on his hands. But, um, yeah, we can look at sort of putting two shows out a week, one of the normal yeah. review of what's going on and then some looking back and so having we'll, some fun. We'll see. It's all it's all on Boris Johnson at the minute. He he's got the fate of our podcast in his hands at the moment. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Everyone could get a double dose of retrek every week. Exactly. Yeah. Sort it out, Boris, and we'll we'll see where we go from there. Um, so this week, then we're looking at uh, Broken Pieces, which was episode eight of Picard. Yeah. Lots of exposition in this one. Lots of uh, yeah. There's like they're really getting into the meat of the story and what's gone on. Yeah, and we really know where. I don't think we know everything yet. No, but we know where we we we've got a much better idea of what's gone on and how things have got to where they are. Yeah, definitely. We this. get we get a hell of a lot about uh, the Jat Vash and where they came from and everything, and we'll we'll pick through that as we go through and talk about where it might all fit in with. Um, so I've heard some interesting theories as where where it might fit in with Star Trek law. So we'll yeah. Well, I've looked at this. I've I've actually been. I've watched loads of old episodes. Yeah. Trying to trying to pick up the clues from this and. Sort of links into other things. I've been watching TOS Android episodes. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bits of the animated series and yeah, there's a lot of potential ways they could go with it. So yeah, like... even the next generation episode. It, it, there's a next generation episode. I'll get to it as we get there. Yeah, let's... That actually has the same time scale mentioned. Ah, exactly. Let's dig into it then and see where we go. So. <laughs> Obviously, we start with us flashback again this week, but this time it's on... We find out the world's called Aya the Grief World. Yeah. Which is... Did, was it called that before, or is that what it... I presume well, I, that's what the Jatvash named what the Vulcans, it. Sorry, the Romulans have named it. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair bet. Otherwise, it's, it's really unfortunate that it were called that and then it turned out to yeah. be all this. <laughs> 
And yeah, I don't think it's what you'd call your home planet originally. No. <laughs> and then we we get sort of this voice. Unless they've got all the toilet paper because they're crying all the time. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if only we'd have known about the toilet paper epidemic before, we could have had stories about all that. Yeah. I think we're heading towards the three seashells, aren't we, from Demolition Man? I think well, that's... I think we're going to have to soon, aren't we? We'll get the shells out. Yeah, it's we're going to have to finally work out how it works. I always thought, because there's three seashells, isn't there? Yeah. So I always thought it was um, how Rimmer says in Red Dwarf, because he says he only uses three sheets of bog roll, and it's one up, one down, one to polish. <laughs> and I think that must be what's going on with seashells, but <coughs> we'll probably find out uh, quite soon. Yeah. Um, so... We get this voiceover, and it's our form, foremothers came here, and they found memories... And this sort of made me think for the first time. We do, we've never got a lot about Romulan society before. Is Romulan society a matriarchal society? Because we've seen the warrior nuns, and now we've seen the Jacques Vash appear to be, or at least yeah. this appear to be all women. And, and then quite I, a lot of the tell Shiar that we used to say were all were women. This is at, it. At, at, at sort of high levels. Yeah, I started thinking back and thinking, well, Silo was a really highly placed Romulan. Yeah. And so, Although the Emperor was always male. Have we ever seen the Romulan Emperor? Or? Yeah, we saw him in um, Nemesis. Oh, Nazis, yeah, yeah, we? we did. Yeah, and obviously, what's his name? Shinzon took over and everything. Yeah. But I'm wondering, is it generally a matriarchal society? And um, they've not sort of hammered you over the head with it, but I think it's fair that we can assume that to some extent now from what we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing a lot of le- women who've got the power and yeah. like they say they're our form of us. Exactly, so I, I, I think that's an interesting... Development. Which, when you which, think about it, it's the women who gave birth, so it is, and the people giving birth to the race, and they've left Falcon and become a new race of Romulan. So it's it makes sense being form of us. Yeah, it does, and it you know it makes sense that there is a race that's a, a big, powerful race with a matriarchal hierarchy. So it, I like that it's been done subtly, and it. You know, yeah, it's it, not in your face. Exactly, but it, it does seem to be the, for want of a better word, the logical conclusion. But Yeah, um, I can go with that. I'm happy with that. So we get a little bit more about what this actually is because all the way through we've been like, is it a prophecy? Is it blah, blah, blah? And it it's quite the opposite, really. It's it's not a prophecy. It's a warning. It, it's yeah, something it's that happened. Like, this is what we did this to sort of several hundred thousand several thousand centuries ago. Yeah. And this has been, this has been sort of, well, Picard says it later, two to three hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. And it's, from my understanding of it then, basically, so, you know, countless years ago, there was a race in the galaxy that we don't know which race it was, but some race developed advanced synthetic it's an advanced synthetic race, effectively. Oh, that's how it's been interpreted by the Romulans. Yeah, are true. And then some other powerful race turned up and basically wrought destruction as a result of it. Yeah. So that... Now, where this ties in 
in um, Q Who. Yeah. When we first meet the Borg, um, Guinan actually gives the exact same date for the Borg as what um, Jurassic gives for uh, how long ago this was. And it's uh, several thousand centuries ago. Right. So it could for, be... So, and we've seen the Borg, so this could be quite a big tie-in to the Borg. So it could be the Borg, the Borg of the species that wiped out. Well, I'm thinking that it could actually, we could actually be getting to the origins of the Borg. Like, when when the Romulans are looking into this archive this warning, it's turning them mad. So it's quite... uh, I think fair to say that the perception of what it is is clouded. Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. By, by how they're seen. So we could actually, it could be that this race developed um, artificial intelligence, some sort, but it's merged into them and formed the Borg, which has destroyed their society. Yeah, possibly so. But then, then... If that was the case, they wouldn't be as worried, you wouldn't have thought, because if the Borg is still there as a threat, it's not like they're going to appear and wipe things out. They're already there. So yeah, you, but you wouldn't have thought I mean they'd be as... The, how the Romulans are interpreting this warning right. <clears throat> is different than what it actually is. Right, yeah. Because it, it sends them mad. So I think there's room for them to be actually there is. misinterpreting the whole An- thing. Another thought that I had was, if you go back to the original series episode, um, What Are Little Girls Made Of? Yeah, I looked at that one as well. And they talk about in that one, the old ones. Yeah, because it's an unnamed race. Yeah, and I mean, that was from a, from a real-world perspective. That was the writer Richard Matheson was a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft, so he often referenced the old ones in his stories. But it could easily fit in this race, whoever they are, could be the old ones that were referenced back there, and it did have androids, so that had fit. The old ones are sort of roughly wiped out, they reckon, about a million years ago. So that's pushing it sort of... A bit yeah. more than double what this is. True. But it is an, they did create an android race that rose up and destroyed them all. Exactly. So it's, you know, there's there's lots of. Yeah, there's a few ways it could be going. I don't think it's Iconians. Damn. No, I don't I really think it is. Well, I really want Iconians. We've got to get Iconians at some point, but. Um, I don't. I, like, in Discovery, I was convinced it was for a long time. It was looking good as well. But I don't think this is Iconians. No. At all. I don't think it is, but we'll find it. Well, we'll yeah, find out in think, the next two I weeks, probably. I think our probably. two closest are either the Borg or uh, the same race from what little girls yeah. are made of. So, moving on into, like, you know, getting beyond the prophecy itself. So, we see the, <laughs> the crowd of Romulans, and we've got Commodore Rose there, Nerissa's there, and the woman who we find out is Nerissa's auntie, who was also the dispossessed yeah, um, Borg. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so we get a... Obviously, we find out why she was the way she was. And we see that Nerissa's the only one who survives, really, this thing. Her auntie does to an extent, but she's irreparably damaged, really, from it. And 
when she's talking to her in the present, uh, we find out that they, um, it was her mental state, the fact that she'd seen this vision, yeah, that when the, bo- when the Borg assimilated her, that was enough to destabilise a whole Borg cube. Yeah, which, it does seem a bit odd. It's a bit of a, you know, it shows how powerful this mental vision is. Yeah. That it's able to, you know, it sends people mad, it makes people, it makes people commit suicide, but it's enough to destabilise a whole bog cube as well. Yeah. Which is a bit crazy. And I noticed here, it's really sort of confirmation maybe of something that we, we could have inferred earlier, but... Uh, Narissa talks to her and she says, oh, you took me and Narek in. And whereas when we first meet Narek, he's cracking on to Soji by coming up with this story about my brother's just died. So obviously, there's no mention of another brother, so that was just the line that he was using to get in with Soji. Oh, I think, yeah, I think, like, you can... Oh, yeah. assume anything that he said to Soji yes. has been bullshit just to get... In a knickers and to, well, basically to get in a knickers and and Connor. No, he had a mission going on. Getting into a knickers was just part of the, it was a side effect of the mission. I don't think he had any nefarious purposes. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, no, but it's just nice that that we can rule out trying to work out the mystery of who Narek's brother was. He didn't exist (laughs) by the looks of things. And... We find out here that they, they've tracked Elnor to Hugh's office and we get another pretty cool Elnor fight scene where he's... Yeah, and we've, we've, we also find out that um, it wasn't Picard. We were trying to work out how Picard gave him his yeah, tag. But it's and not. It isn't. It's another one that is found in Hugh's office. Yeah, he's obviously... Hugh, uh, Seven must have known Hugh and she's given Which Hugh uh, a thing as well. It does make sense, yeah. And when she turns up, because obviously she turns up to save the day at this point, and, um, you know, she's like, oh, where's Hugh? So Yes, she's expected it to be Hugh that's triggered this signal, so... Exactly. And I love that Elnor, like, runs up and hugs her and everything, <laughs> and... You know, I was thinking yeah, about this, and... I like Elnor. I, he, he's really... I've really taken to Elnor. I really like him as a character. I do. And I like the fact that he's clearly besotted with Seven of Nine. Which, yeah, to be fair, like, if you raised all your life in this warrior nun sanctuary with just a load of old ladies, and then the first other woman you meet really is Seven of Nine, yeah, I think you're going to develop... She's also kick-ass as a warrior. <laughs> exactly. I think you're going to develop a little bit of a crush on her, so... yeah. I think that's but perfectly reasonable. I like Elnor because he's like he is a kick-ass warrior. He's he's absolutely nuts in a fight. Yeah, you really want him on your side, but he's got a innocence about him. He has, and it, it's good. It's that he's got a childlike innocence. He really doesn't get things. Yeah, he's kind of like Data was in the the very early days. Yeah, it's a shame, really, then that. Soji's not had chance to meet Elnor because they're basically both children who've been uprooted from what they thought was true and plunged into the real world. They they could probably... Yeah. I mean, that's 
perhaps why the writers have kept them apart so far because they you know they don't want them to have that association yet you know yeah, Soji's story's not ready for at that the same time. yeah and i think we sort of got that a bit with Soji and Kestra and they probably want to keep that keep them two from meeting each other for the time being so no doubt they'll meet up before the end of the the season i would guess anyway well, i think it's i think you're all going to meet up uh, next episode yeah i think that's a very good bet um so we move on then and this is where we get uh, picard and soji beaming up and rios has a bit of a freak out yeah he sees soji and he has a freak out and which will like as the episode goes on we find out all about why he's having a freak out and understandably so oh yeah absolutely and so we'll get onto that when we when we get to it but you get um you know picard's laying down orders now we want a link to starfleet command we want to go to deep space 12 and rios at this point is like i'll take you there but then i'm done yeah and (laughs) soji's going you're gonna take me home he goes yes i am but we have such a powerful enemy after us. We need more help than just us. Yeah, and I think maybe Soji kind of accepts it at this point. But at first I was like, no, come on, Picard. Don't lose her now because you you started to make... You yeah. started to mend bridges with her and started well, it does, to... Though, he says to her, look, you need to trust me. I know it's difficult for you, but... We're up against something so powerful, we can't just do it on our own. Yeah, and I think I think he's better with her this episode. I do think hanging out with Riker and Troy's done him good. Oh, definitely. And he's he's he, he's, he's he's more like we're seeing more like Picard here. He's decisive. He knows yeah. what he wants. He's been he's been vindic- He gets vindicated. Yeah, he does, and that, that's that's a great bit with Admiral Clancy. <laughs> And you do see this sort of decisiveness as well straight away when Rafi pulls a gun on Soji and Picard gets in between them. Yeah. And he's very um, sort of logical with it all. Like, she says, well, you know, Gerati's a spy and blah, blah. He says, hang on, fact or theory, let's... Yeah, you... you you up with the first homicidal spy you've got. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good that you're right, Picard is really taking charge at this yeah. stage and although Rafi has a good point here. She, she said how much you know about Soji all you've got is based on one neuron yeah exactly and I think this sort of expands on what we we got with Rafi earlier on where she was basically we found out didn't we in that episode where uh, she's talking to Rios and he's saying oh you said it'd just be a quick trip there and he won't get very far yeah. And I think we're starting to see here. Rafi thought, right, I can use Picard to pay for Rios to take me to the casino planet to find my son. Yeah. And it's just gone absolutely crazy. Yeah, Picard's actually... She, she hasn't thought that he's, <laughs> he's right. Like, she's thought, he's on one last wild mission, but I can use him to my own advantage. Exactly, but instead she's got sucked into this massive galaxy-spanning... <laughs> thing yeah. and you know that's she probably should have given picard a bit more credit and realized that it was not going to be as straightforward but yeah he has a habit of being the center of uh, the universe he does yeah <laughs> uh, as many enterprise captains do 
Well, yeah, it, it's sort of like if you're captain of the Enterprise, you will be the center of the universe. Yeah, forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get an interesting bit with the EMH. Um, so he has that bit where he says, "Who's we?" And then you get the EMH talking, and the EMH does remember her turning him off. Yeah. So this sort of confirms what we thought before that it can activate itself to warn people. You know? Yeah, it's it's got to be, they've got to be turned on and off. So they haven't got like I think that we've got we got very indoctrinated, which is that with but with the doctor from Voyager, yeah, that yeah. he had the that power himself, but he was given that ability by the crew. Yeah, he was, and that's which isn't it. A normal. So they, these ones, they turn off when you tell them to turn off and they don't come back on until you say, or they can be triggered by emergencies to come back yeah. on and everything. But but yeah, so he did know, but he just couldn't he warn anybody. Off. Exactly, yeah. And then this is where we get the, the Picard and Clancy confrontation, which gives us our weekly F-bomb. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, it's another good one. Yeah, I don't, like, if they're not using it all the time, and, like, I don't think dropping it once, it's not even every episode, so... It's not, and the thing is, Picard's never done it, because so, yeah, Picard's it, too classy for done swearing. Yeah, like you wouldn't expect it from. No, exactly, and, you know, I, I like the scene, and I like, like you say, Picard does get vindicated, he talks about, um... She described him as quixotic and all this, and he, you know all these references <coughs> to all these references to Don Quixote and everything. Yeah. And um, but he he is right, and he's expecting sort of to really have to argue his corner. And when she tells him to shut the fuck up, that's it's yeah. That she's, you think that she's shutting him down again, but she yeah. isn't. She's no right. I have a squadron on the way to Deep Space Twelve to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> And this is one of the things that, you know, a recurring complaint that people have had is, you know, Starfleet are all corrupt, they're all terrible, but we're finding out that no, they're not. No, it, it's... Commander like, always, but... Always, and we've, like, this, like, we found out already here that always, um... Have we found out by now that us... Like this, well, we, we all know Rose the spy. Yeah, oh yeah, we do. Yeah, and we get yeah. a bit more about her later on. But um, yeah, so you know, Starfleet itself is still good, and I mean, we talked about it at the time in episode two with Clancy that from her point of view, Picard does just strut in and start mouthing off, and yeah, you, you can see where. You, we know Picard's right because the the show's called Star Trek Picard, not Star Trek Clancy. You know, so <laughs> we know he's right, but she doesn't. Yeah, she's not yeah. seen him in ten years, and he turns up demanding a ship and all and this ruined. stuff. And she was right to to do what she did. We might not like it as viewers, but. She was right, and yeah, now an ad- admiral's position of somebody who's retired from Starfleet resigned. Yeah, and it comes in with a crazy story, uh, which at the time he had no evidence to back up, but now he's got evidence. He knows what's going on, and she's like, "Yep, we need to do something about it." Yeah, we'll deal. We will deal with this now. And this is another one that I saw people asking about. You know, and the same. Well. 
does Clancy have the right to revoke the synth ban? And it's, she's not revoking the synth ban. And the synth ban says we are not allowed to build synths. But if there is a race out there, a sentient race of synths, regardless of whether they were created after the ban or not, Starfleet would be obliged to protect them. Yeah, and that's what she's doing. Exactly. She's going out there to help protect them. Exactly. So, you know, I don't think this is an issue um, as much as some people seem to be doing. But, you know, it's all... It is, it's good stuff, and it's leading no, she's, to... She's, she's not revoking a ban at all here. What no. she's doing, she's sending the fleet to help Picard defend a race. Exactly, and that's exactly what Starfleet would do. I mean, I think we will see the synth ban lifted in future episodes, but we aren't there yet. And um, we also get, around the same time, we get these things where Raffi starts to work her way through the holograms to try and... Piece oh, together. Brilliant. Yeah. It like leads this all well, it must be about five five or ten minutes because she goes from like she meets one on the bridge first, yeah. then another in engineering. <laughs> the engineering one who's Scottish as well. <coughs> yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. And we find out why all of them look like Yeah, which uh, is more or less what we thought that he'd He'd been sold a job lot, and um, yeah, uh, but he had the option to have them as all different, but he chose to have them all like him. Yeah, that that he'd be that he'd scan him. Yeah, basically. and it's obviously done a memory scan as well. Yes, because they're they're all trying to access bits of it, and um, yeah, we 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 unravel the story as we we go through, but we also find out things about this star system and it's the an octanary system and it, she works out well the conclave of eight it isn't yeah, she people it was eight people but it's, it isn't it's, it's eight these stars. stars yeah my only sort of question i had with that is if it's this secret and it's a case of you know the navigational one says oh hang on you know i, I can think of a seven one but maybe not an eight and he has to, you know, he says, oh, it's... Um, and the he says, oh, there's one in an ancient, ancient Romulan star exactly. chart been removed in later ones. But the captain that Kestra texted last week knew about it straight away? No, he didn't. He knew about the two moons. Ah, I thought, oh, that, but is that not the planet that we're going no, to? No, that's not the planet. No, the, the eight, eight suns... Is where um, the planet of grief is around. Is I thought that w- I thought that was the same planet because that's where no, the Romulans are I, heading. No, it's different planet. Are you sure? Because the, yes. that's the Romulans are heading to it based on Soji's memories. Yes, they're they're heading towards a planet with two red moons that has okay. constant lightning storms. Oh, so we're not off to the planet of grief then. We're off to no. Oh, I've got the two planets mixed up. Right, planet, good. The planet of grief is where the Romulans have this act, right. this warning, which is in the Oct- Octa system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not where we're going. We're going to no. Soji's homework. Right, that makes a lot more sense. I feel a bit it, stupid it, it now. Ma- it makes sense that it was in the eight, that it's in some ancient Romulan star charts. Yeah, it does. It's been removed from later ones because Jack Fash has removed knowledge of it. Yeah, no, you like what I do. What I do find hard is, like, we know that they've got these huge deep space observatories now. Yeah. Looking at things. Why has no one actually seen it on an observatory? 
That's true, but then we don't know where it is. It could be somewhere really weird. It could be... Could be hidden behind a nebula from view of other things. Yeah, or... there could be all sorts. Right, no, I'm glad you've explained that to me because that was bothering me a little bit, but that that makes a lot more sense now. I was I was conflating the two planets, but no, you're no, right. The two different, yep. the two completely separate planets in yep. completely separate places. Got it. I'm with it now. <laughs> I might cut this bit just so that I, I don't sound as stupid. But no, no, I think it's good to leave it in. Yeah, I'm sure no, I'm only, I'm only kidding. I'm going to leave it in. Everyone can, <laughs> can see how stupid I am. Right, so uh, back on the ball cube then with Seven. And she's she obviously gets into the Queen's cell. And Elnor does mention that Picard released him. And I, do, I don't think that was really clear because like Picard said, I release you. But I think at the time, I sort of thought, oh, well, Elnor's not paying any attention to him. But as far as Elnor's concerned, he has been released, and he's now taken up Hugh's cause yeah, and everything. Yeah, he took up Hugh's even more yeah. hopeless cause. And then Seven's going to steal the cube, and we see that cool bit with all the nanites and everything repairing itself. Yeah, which, which is something like... We got a few things in like next generation and it was just it was like it was just bending itself back into shape. Yeah. We go close in and you see the repair well, box. Yeah, this is it. In in my head canon, this is what was happening there, but we just didn't see it close enough to see it yeah. all yeah, happening like this. That. Yeah, I think this is just technology we can show things that were perhaps yeah. envisaged then but we yeah. we couldn't quite do. Yeah, and I'm happy with that. Then I think we get what's probably the best scene in the episode where it's Picard and Soji eating. And Picard's really good with her at this point. He's showing loads of sympathy. And he's talking about her not having a past, not having memories, or she's talking about that. And he says, well, no, you've got a story that you can claim. You know, that yeah. it's all there for you. You just need to take it. And... That ties into, you know, we've talked a few times about this idea of creating your own mythology and creating your own homeworld and creating your own story. And Picard's kind of touching on that there. And I think, again, quite obliquely, but it is a bit of a reference to the inner light because Picard does understand that a memory that's been fabricated can be every bit as real to the person yeah. remembering it. Yeah, he's like he's got some uh, very unique personal perspectives to actually yeah. draw on, haven't they? That like if she was talking to anybody else, they probably wouldn't understand it the same. No, apart from maybe Chief O'Brien, so he had the same thing, but his were like being locked in prison for twenty years, so it wasn't yeah. quite as nice as Picard's, but yeah, so I think there is a little bit of that. Again, it's not being said explicitly, but when he talks about these sort of things, I can't help but think of that episode. Yeah. And then it's this whole thing of, you know, um, she says, like, did you love Data? And he says, in my way, I did. And he admits, like, you know, we were very similar in that we both had problems expressing... emotions. Exactly. So Picard realises that he's got problems with that and there's that lovely bit where Soji says no Data did love you yeah yeah which is nice and I think Data probably did I'm sure he did yeah like in fact I think he did when he sacrificed himself yeah exactly 
And, you know, it's it's good that... Because Soji, we see throughout this episode, is... I know she's been activated already, but she's accessing so much more of her memories and things than we've seen up to this point. And I feel like she is drawing that from whatever part of data's in her to tell him that. Yeah. You know, it's she's not just saying it to make him feel better. It's something she that... actually knows it. In, she actually knows it for a fact. Which yeah. Is, makes sense. It's perfectly reasonable. And it's probably one of these things, like where she says, you know, I don't know why I know this language or anything, but I just know it. And I think this is one of them things. She she doesn't know why she knows Data loved Picard, but she does know it. She yeah, she knows it explicitly. Yeah, she, I'm I'm quite happy with. She's they've been. It's sort of been grown from Data's neurons, yeah. as it can be. So it makes sense that they'd maybe not have all his memories, but have his instincts. Or yeah, exactly. The the almost like a a racial memory or something. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good explanation of it. Racial memory. Yeah, it's there in you know in the DNA, if you like. Yeah, which we saw in um, a sister that yeah, she we explicitly did. trusted Picard. Exactly. Yeah. And um, then we've also got Raffi, and this is that great bit where she's got all the holograms in one place. <laughs> and yeah, this is, I love this scene. There's a great bit where they're all trying to remember and they all tap the heads at the same time. Yeah. Um, like like we had had the, the um, navigation one had said that when uh, Rios had sort of overlaid himself yeah. as a template for all five, he, he says it was a mistake, but he never went back to correct it. Yeah. But he did go in and alter parts parts of them. Yeah. And I think these are the bits of his mem- the memory that they can't access to know it should be there. He's took out these bits, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I bet that is the because, case. Because they're sort of like going, it should be there. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, we finally get... Um, like, I like the end, the last part of it, though. Where they start talking nonsense and Rafi sort of goes, what? Yeah. That isn't even a language. Yes, yeah, that guy, the the weapons guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, uh, the weapons guy, the engineer, and then um, the navigation. Yeah. They're all just talking nonsense. Yeah, it's really, it is a good, it's a really good, funny scene and... I think it, it it's good for Rafi as well. It gets to show a bit of a more playful side of her. But uh, she's trying to find out the truth. Yeah, she is. And it, it's good that she gets some vindication here as well, that, you know, I want just making it all up about the conspiracy and the conclave and everything. Yeah. So she's finally getting this. She's years in the making yeah, getting this. It is. It's very much like we've got, got Picard is vindicated. Yeah. Um, Rafi's becoming vindicated. Um, we've got Rios. He's sort of getting his, letting his demons out. Yeah, he's unraveling something. He, yeah, he's getting pieces of a mystery that he didn't understand. I mean, so we do get his backstory, and what it boils down to is his captain basically murdered these two, what we now know are synths. Yeah, they came across the, this planet. And heading to now, <laughs> and he's he's carried this with him all these years, thinking, well, why did my captain just suddenly murder people in cold blood, and then shoot himself in the head? And I, I covered up the murders and the transport logs 
and let everyone just think he committed suicide. Exactly. And so for him, again, there is a bit of, uh, not vindication in this case, but it should allow him to process it a bit better, that he knows the why of it all now. Yeah, and he knows yeah. that the captain... So like, yeah, like, it's been Commander O has given this order again. Yeah, exactly. And obviously the there's this Jana character who is Soji. Presumably that's an earlier verse. If they're always created in twos, presumably there was... Jana and someone else back then. Yeah, well, it obviously wasn't who she went with. Like, she went with Beautiful Flower, but he's re- referred to as being male. Yeah, now the thing so, with this... like, we've, we thought at one point that there must be fem- all female, maybe. No, but it well, like yeah. there can be male and female. And notably, it's, oh, Beautiful Flower drew the picture, so that's yeah. why we can't see him. So I, I think this is going to be a reveal... It, maybe it's going to be a de-aged Brent Spiner, maybe it's not going to be a de-aged Brent Spiner, it's just going to be Brent Spiner looking his age now. Uh, I, I, I feel like whoever this is, is significant in some way, otherwise you'd just have a picture of the both of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm, like, From what I understand, Brent Spiner was only going to be in the first episode... But they do keep changing the IMDb's family. They do, yeah. I mean, they probably don't release like it seven, all. Seven of Nine is now back up to being in four episodes. Yeah, they probably don't release it all to IMDb because of spoilers, you know. Yeah, so, which makes sense. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's not Brent Spiner. Maybe it's someone else entirely. But I feel like whoever that is, I think we will know their face. Yeah. But, but then again, like Brent Spiner, like... How many years are we going back here that this happened nine years ago? Yeah. And yeah, so you're right. I if, think I think a lot of Starfleet would still know who Data was. You're right, yeah, I just thought that of that now. Recognizable. Yeah, you'd think. Um also we've got all this stuff going on with Seven at this point where basically she can create a mini collective effectively. She's, I can jack myself into the system. I can take over the bog that are still on this ship. Yeah, but she's worried. It's like she, like she says, would I want to let them go afterwards? Yeah, and would they want to go? And she also questions, like, the morals of doing it. Like, you know, we're trying to get them out of the bog collective and you want me to go back in and do it to them. And make them a collective again and they probably won't want to leave it if I do. Yeah, exactly. So there's some interesting stuff going on there. I mean, it doesn't... We don't do a lot with it, but it, it's an interesting... Well, we don't have time to do a lot with it, to be fair. No, this is true, because, yeah, the Nerissa... I mean, Nerissa goes round, she slaughters the X, the XBs, she ejects the Borg. Well, she don't get all... The, like, they ran out of time with the XBs. Yeah, because obviously they come back a bit later on, but... Well, um... well, as she's, well, we'll see, like, Seven hooks herself in, don't she? Yeah. And it's very much like the Queen's tendrils coming down into her spine. Yes, it is, yeah. Uh, I so, mean... So she hooks in, she starts activating them, and they flush them out into space, so we lose all the Borg. Yeah, and I've noticed a lot of people saying, you know, you never thought you'd feel sorry for the Borg, but, yeah, they've done it. They've Yeah. They've made them... I mean, I suppose it goes back to what they said the other week, that, you know, we're seeing the Borg as victims again. Yeah. And here they are, victims. Yeah, like, 
Well, she is that the Borgar victims have been yeah. assimilated. These were the same, just the same as all the other people that are running round. Yeah, and they these ones. I suppose the tragedy is that with what Hugh was doing with the reclamation, these ones were very close to potentially coming out of it, and then they're just senselessly slaughtered. Yeah, now, like. I'll, like it looks like there's actually thousands of them. Oh yeah, it does. XBs already, and we know previously a cube like this will have a crew complement of around a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. And there's um, <clears throat> it is an interesting sort of thing with the the idea of are they are they going to regain their individuality? Is killing them at this stage a bad thing or not? Because they're still technically Borg, but they're victims. You know, so there's a lot going on there. Yeah, well, they're basically just shut down, aren't they? They're yeah, turned yeah. off at the moment. They're and, still Borg. And that, I think, is the answer to what a lot of people have pulled out as a continuity area. You know, they're saying, well, why can't they breathe in space? Because the ones in first contact on the dish can and I think the answer is because they're deactivated. Yeah, they're just deactivated, so they're, what, they're not. There's nothing for them to. Yeah, they they've not got whatever means they use to breathe in space. They've, yeah. They've not got access to us, so that that's my take on it. Um, well, I wonder. I wonder if that in first contact is that they actually had a, like we've seen that they had personal force fields. Yeah. In next gen, we saw that quite clearly so it's like, force fields that allow yeah. them to breathe and so these possibly ones possibly got a bit like you know like the belts at the war in the animated series <laughs> yeah and it could be something like that and that's it and these ones don't have time to do that because they're, well, they're deactivated exactly the yeah <laughs> while this is all going on as well we get a nice scene Girati wakes up Picard saying you're going to hand yourself in and yeah. we, we she reveals what oh did there's a mental block stopping her talking about it, which there's a good bit where he says, well, you must fight it. And she's like, I don't want to remember it again. It's that, yeah, it's that awful. But there's a lovely scene with Girati and Sergi where she's got the, Girati's got this amazing sort of sense of wonder. Like she's, you drink when you're thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just yeah. really nice. It's, and it's, she goes like, and she says, she goes, song was an act. Union song was an artist. Yeah, we created data, but what Bruce Maddox's done is just amazing. You've yeah, got beauty spots. And yeah, <laughs> she goes, "Oh, I've got a mole on my tummy, and my little toes crooked." Yes, yeah. it's... <laughs> it's really, really good, and I like that we're seeing Girati here. Is like when we first met her. You can see she cares about she cares about synthetic life. You know, that's her thing. That's what she's dedicated her life yeah. to. And in a lot she's of ways... Been, she's been poisoned by you. Yeah, she's a victim as well because she didn't mean to do the things she did. She's a good enough person to put her hands up and take responsibility for it, but... Yeah, but, like, um, she's a victim of a mind meld. She is, yeah. And this is then where we, we get the big briefing scene and we find, you know, everything gets crystallised, we bring it into focus... And it starts off with uh, Rios knows what Soji wants to eat because of what the other synth likes. Yeah. 
and we find now, out. I have a problem with this. Yeah. Have you ever had peppermint ice cream or a mint ice cream? No, not peppermint. I've had like yeah, I've had mint ice cream, like mint chocolate. How many chip. times have you seen it pink? Yeah, not often. It's usually green. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's just... I had a problem when he gave a pink ice cream and said it's peppermint. Yeah, it doesn't look like it, does it? I mean, peppermint's <laughs> usually bluish. Well, normally greenish colours. Yeah, greeny, yeah. So, I don't know, but we know that the rules for food in Star Trek are very strange. <laughs> Maybe Riker prepared it. Um, so, yeah, possibly. So, it is odd, you're right. And then, yeah, we find out... I mean, we've covered most of this as we've gone through, but yeah, the ancient species... Someone else turned up, and Rios compares it to when we broke the warp barrier, the Vulcans turned up. Yeah. So this is like when you break the android barrier, whoever they are turn up, whether it's the Borg, whether it's the old ones, whoever it is. We get confirmation that O is a half Romulan, half Vulcan, Yeah. which explains why she needs the sunglasses, but yet she can do a mind meld. Yeah, and like she's been... She's been obviously very deep cover. She's been in Starfleet for yeah, a long um, time a long, to get long to time where she, she is. She, she's been in Starfleet long enough to have been <laughs> in a high position by the time of the Mars attacks. Exactly, and to push forward for okay, we need to ban all the synths and everything. Yeah, we get confirmation that the Romulans instigated the Mars attacks. There's never really been much question of no, that. I but, think we all uh, knew that was coming. But we've got it, and I, I like confirmation now. I like the fact that, you know, this is to all intents and purposes the penultimate episode. I know we've got two more, but it's a two-part finale. So we're getting all the cards on the table now. We wanna yeah. we get all those all those dominoes in line by the end of this episode. We know what the stakes are, we know what the crack is, we know what the mysteries are largely. Yeah, and we know gonna... there's still a lot of XPs on the Borg Cube. Yeah. Because as um what's the name? Nerissa. Nerissa's uh, just before she gets attacked, she's walking along with um, the subcommander. Yeah, and he disappears in the background. But they're talking about it, and he and he says it'll take us another hour to round up all the XPs. Yeah, so there's a lot of them on there, and they give her a bit of a kick in, but it looks like yeah, she beams but out. Then they beam away and they get and they leave them. So yeah, I um, think there's probably thousands of XPs left. Oh yeah, I would guess so. And then Soji basically starting to remember more. She says, as you told this story, it all clicked into place. And she commandeers the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, something. She just walks along and within minutes she's locked him out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, this is quite interesting. This is something um, Lainey was, uh, who's on our Facebook group and I've done podcasts with her uh, before for the Star Trek Wars Council. And she was saying, if you look at the structure of the last few episodes, the uh, two episodes ago was kind of like the best of both worlds. Like, it was all kicking off, all to do with the Borg. Then we have the episode that's a bit like family, because we go to um, Riker's, Riker's home and everything, and we get this yeah, very introspective... Yeah, really grounding and bringing him back to dorm, and then, back to where he should be. And then if you look at season four, the next episode was Brothers, which involves Data taking over the Enterprise. Yeah. So there is this <laughs> weird sort of correlation going on, but if I, we... Like, if, if to we, be fair, like, how many episodes... What, what were we up to? About 750 episodes oh, yeah. of Star Trek. 
So I think you're going to get a few similarities. Yeah, but it's weird how them three seem to have followed in sequence. Yeah. But then if we follow it through, next week would be Suddenly Human, which is the one where they've got that kid and he's from another race and Picard has to decide. So maybe that one don't fit in. But then it would make... The finale would be Remember Me, which has got the Traveller in it. So <laughs> the Traveller might turn up before the end. You never know. But, um, yeah, like, so, so it's the theory. Lot come up, I we? think we have, yeah. And talking about familiar storylines and everything, this is very, very, very Battlestar Galactica. The idea of thousands and thousands of years ago, there was a synthetic race that rose to power and then they were wiped out, and then it's all happening again, and it will all happen again. Yeah. And, the, and now, I don't have a problem with it, because I'm happy to see the Star Trek version of that story. I'm, yeah. I, I'm like, more than happy to see that play out. Things. Like, I'm happy here, like, I think we can put to bed, it hasn't happened, the Romulans are a synthetic race. No, yes, that's not, and I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad it isn't, and I'm glad they haven't gone down that route. Um, we're not looking at artificial, it's an AI. No. Bent on, bent on universal domination, I don't No, think. which is good. And, yeah, it's, I mean, the interesting thing about the Battlestar Galactica theory is, and I, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers, even though it was a long time ago that even the most recent Battlestar finished, but... The idea of all this has happened before and all this has happened again, the way Battlestar Galactica, the new version, finished, there's nothing to say that that isn't in the past of Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Picard. No, that's true. It could all fit in and it could all be Cylons, but... um, Yeah, and it was Ronald D. Moore. It was, yeah, so you never know. But um, the only thing I've got is I'm happy to see the Star Trek take on that. But yeah. in a way, I'm kind of like, I wish it had been something totally original. And this is probably a question for cultural historians and things, but we do seem to have a fascination at the moment with artificial intelligence. You've got like Westworld going on. Yeah, and- I think I think a lot of that possibly is in reality like scientists are getting closer yeah. and closer to actually having genuine artificial intelligence. That's it. Are we approaching this threshold and are we wanting to explore that in our fiction? Because, yeah, it's something yeah, that we is a going concern at the minute. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, so... All the what comes of all this? I mean, you have the nice bit where like Rios has got a little song that he uses to regain control and everything. But yeah, it's like he has a back a backdoor pass. Yeah, anyone ever tries taking over his ship, which I think is really clever. It is, yeah. And what's really cool though is Picard goes, "No, let's do it her way now." Yeah, we've tried Maddox, we've tried mine. Let's yeah. try her way. Let's do it. And he sits down and he does the thing and he's like. <laughs> The 3D controls. Yeah, people. he's like, I don't know how to work this. <laughs> Which I quite, I like that. He's he's been away. He's not kept up with modern starship technology. So yeah, like it's fair to say that possibly they had a 3D 
controls were coming out by the time he resigned, but I think it's also quite reasonable that he probably hardly used them. Well, exactly. He had a helmsman to do it. He'd say, yeah. lay in the course, off you go. I don't need to yeah. do that. But it's, a, it's a good sort of show of bravado, but then he comes down like, I don't know what to do, let's go. I'll do this. <laughs> and I like that the, the crew does come together. Like when she says, Captain Rios, will you please take me home? And it's just good that the, this team's finally coming together and that they're going to yeah. go and they're going to do it. Yeah, and I think like, like it, it, this is pretty much the end of it. They get to the twin. Yeah, transport corridor. She goes, I don't know how, but I know that where they are. Yeah, and she's got the compass, and you know it's metaphorical, obviously. But um, there's a lovely scene before that with Picard and Rios sort of reminiscing, and that's where like Rios's attitude is, oh well, we were tricked, and it wasn't Starfleet's fault. And Picard says, no, it was. You know, we yes, we were tricked by it, but that was our test, and we failed. Yeah, we we allowed we allowed ourselves to be tricked and fooled. Yeah, and we give in to fear and and he says, Look, you know, yes, they may have messed it up thousands of years ago, but that's not what we're about. You know, they're just living in fear, but we've got hope and we've got yeah, curiosity we, we, and optimism and you like we can do it right this time. Exactly, and, and that is, in a nutshell, the philosophy of Star Trek and yeah. anyone who's saying it's not showing Star Trek's ideals. Just watch that scene again. I, I think this has very much been about Star, Star Trek's it ideals. Has. And I think that what's thrown people is because we're seeing people from the outside who exactly. don't know what we as viewers know. Yeah. So it's how the people from the outside are viewing Picard. Yeah. And it's why it's looking for the. Even at this stage, but at this stage, w- they're coming round to him, you know. And so, yeah, they get there. We see Narek's ship appears right at the end. Um, there's a nice trick they do with the audio. Like, as they're going into the conduit, um, it, the music sort of swells like we're going to get a big heroic thing. But then yeah. when Narek's ship appears, the music sort of drops and gets sinister. And it's a nice audio yeah, trick how it really very quickly, and that's pretty much how it ends. Yeah, that is. So, before we finish up, then next week, well, next week and the week have after, I've we, we seen the trailer. I've seen it. It doesn't give I've away very it. much. It don't. It shows um, just basically planetary defenses when they get there. Yeah, which I think is fair enough. Planetary yeah, defenses. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. I think that we're going to have a huge space battle. I think we are because we've got a staff, we've got a Romulan armada going there, we've got we've a got Starfleet, Starfleet armada going there. But we've also got seven of nine yep. on a ball cube that she's taken control exactly. of. Exactly. Several thousand XPs to run it. Exactly. So we're definitely in for some good stuff. I think. Yeah, and I think the XPs are going to want a bit of the Romulans back, like the Romulans. Oh yeah. Have like, it's hard to work out the Romulan motivation why they've been rescuing all these Borg. I don't but know, how, maybe... How, how quickly they were willing to just go around and kill them. Well, maybe it's the Romulan government was happy to study them, but the Jacques Vache didn't want it and they've been waiting for an excuse. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll find out, but... 
yeah, we're in for a, a hell of a show, I think, in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, I think that. I think we're going to get a huge space battle. I'm, I'm with you. I want to know who um, Beautiful Flower is. Yes, I think that's going to be important in I some way. I wonder if it could be Maddox. Maybe. Yeah, it could be a, a recreate. But again, wouldn't they go... Well, hang on, that looks like Bruce Maddox. Yeah. I don't Imagine, know. Would he be his... I, I don't know if he'd be... It's not un- as well known to a general staff. It's unlikely he'd be as famous as Data, but wouldn't he be wasn't he a bit of a fugitive? So surely the security cameras would flag it uh, up. Possibly. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, shall we wrap it up there then? And um, Yeah, we think we've got a big space battle coming. Yeah. We think we've got a big reveal of who beautiful flowers off to be exactly and a a resolution to everything else but um let us know what you think we're on facebook try type in retrek um we're also on twitter at retrek pod we're on gmail retrekpod at gmail.com and obviously you know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world at the minute if you want to if people you want a place to come and talk about star trek hit us up on facebook we're more Uh, than happy to do it yeah i'm like if we do do a second episode every week, I'm quite happy if anyone wants to come on them. Definitely, yeah. With us, we can talk about what episodes we're off to do in advance. Watch them yourselves. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, get in touch. Just, it looks like we're all going to have a lot. Two or three guests a week. Yeah. And mm. let's all just chat Star Trek. Exactly. It looks like we're going to have a lot of time on us. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, for now then, thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.